This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In the final part of this talk on the training of a bodhisattva, Reggie offers instruction on how the practice of somatic descent shows us how to attend to the body when we are activated in a relationship. Through the discipline of waiting, our activation dissolves and we discover the way of love. This talk was given at the 2014 Winter Datun Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about the upcoming Winter Datun Retreat, please visit dharmaocean.org. The um, very great uh, resource on the path is the body. And... There is a somatic descent that I have not talked about that I want to mention briefly because it's amazingly important for the Mahayana. Now, of course, somatic descent, you know, being that with that way in our body where we're in our body and we're actually being willing to receive what the body wants to offer because the body wants to resolve trauma. This is important for you to know. You don't have to go looking for trauma. The body, Jung Jung said, unconsciousness seeks to be conscious. And it's a kind of abstract way of saying that all of the unresolved tensions and issues and patterns and pain, it wants to become conscious. And the only way that we interrupt that process is with our thinking mind by pushing things down all the time. When we are with our body, the body basically leads us through the healing process and that's why the somatic thing is so important. Body work, somatic descent, the bodhicitta practices, these are all ways of allowing the body to lead us through the process. So the other somatic descent practice is when you feel activated towards somebody, even it's very subtle. You're on edge about something about your partner and you want to say something, you want to express that edge. In the Mahayana, you don't do it. You attend to your body and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and it's, it's very, very interesting because what you get to find out is why you don't like to be alone. You get to find out why, how painful it is to feel that uh, edge, whatever it may be. And you wait until the body shows you what to do in relation to the other person. And what the body shows you, let's say somebody does something to you 
It's hurtful. And you're totally justified in like putting it right back. Totally justified. All the logic in the world is with you. You don't do it. Because if you do, you're going to activate them. And then they are going to be captured by some primitive part of themselves. And if you're in a, a relationship, pretty soon you're going to be in a big fight. And these primitive injured parts, each one so tormented, are going to be fighting with each other. Somebody injures you. Somebody hurts you. And you can't bear it. You can't bear you need to do something, you want to do something, you want to hate yourself, or you want to hate them, or whatever it may be, you want to leave them, you want to... All those feelings are held. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And there are two things you're waiting for. Number one, the activation is gone, 100% gone. And number two, which is actually the same exact thing as number one, you suddenly see what to do. And the amazing thing is the body gives it to you. You can't rush it. The body will show you how this situation can be an expression of love for them and can free them. It's the most amazing thing. And if you don't wait, the opportunity is gone. You have to wait. And, you know, trauma, the, the upsurge of what we're calling trauma here, um, is so powerful that a lot of times we can't wait. You know, we know we shouldn't pick up the telephone, and we know what's going to happen, and we can't stop ourselves. You know what I'm talking about? Or there's this thing, and we know what's going to happen. We can see, we see the whole thing, and we still say it. And that's why we have to do this bodhicitta work, because we've got to unwind these habitual responses that we have. And, and the habitual response, by the way, might be just to run away. That's what we always do, we run away. It's not like you're in somebody's face, but you could just run away. So we have all millions of responses to, you know, when, when we feel somebody's wronged us. But none of them are... Uh, None of them are making room for the creativity of the Soma. Every situation we are ever in, in our life, has potentially, it's their interpersonal relationship, it's there because there is a creative thing that wants to happen. And most of the time we get derailed by our own ego, by our own, um, you know, unconscious things. We get triggered and, you know, we can't help it. So, I want to strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to do the bodhicitta practices in a very faithful way and stay in touch with your meditation instructor because things are going to come up. You can count on it and you want them to come up because that's the journey. But you need to be held. You need to be held and you need somebody to talk to 
whoever it may be. It could be just a Sangha member that you feel very closely related to, a peer. It could be anybody, you know, partner. It could be, or it could be one of the, uh, some other Dharma Ocean person that you feel connection with. So, it's, um, I mean, it's a kind of roll up your sleeves time, you know, when we get to the Bodhisattva path. And, uh, it's very, very, it's very tough. But the healing potential on the Mahayana through the bodhicitta practices is limitless. And once you have incorporated the bodhicitta practices, they, you know, it's like the body work. Once you do the, you do the body work, then everything you do after that is going to include the body work and be a further refinement. And then when you do somatic descent and you learn that and it's part of your system, everything you do after that is going to include this ability to hear the body. And you don't have to do the, the, uh, you know, the rigorous training that you did when you were kind of really learning that practice. And then the same with the bodhicitta. You know, you're, it's going to take you uh, maybe a year or two years uh, to to learn it, and that and learning it means incorporating it, and then that's the way you approach things. And then when you enter the Vajrayana, all of that is part of who you are, and you're not going to be bringing some heavy-duty, activated ego in as a Vajrayana student. See what I'm getting at? A lot of times they'll say in the, when you do Vajrayana practice that a lot of people become egomaniacs, and you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but you see a lot of Vajrayana students who are very arrogant and they're very aggressive and they're, they're you know, they, they think they know better than everybody and that's just because they weren't trained. They don't have the training. But when you have the training, then you can move forward and you can explore unbelievable things and you, it's in you that it's not about you. You know, at the Vajrayana level, after the training you've received, you know it's not about you. When these people sat down here and talked the other day, it wasn't about them. It didn't even come up. Nobody was up there trying to preen and, you know, like, I'm so great. It was about you. And that's the, um, that's the benefit of the Mahayana training, is that we begin to see things in a much, much bigger way and our sympathy and our sentiments and our loyalty is not with the personal self anymore. It's actually with the people that we meet. And it's completely natural. It's effortless. So, this is what you're being invited into. And uh, I look forward to uh, working with you in this way. And we will all share our experiences. You know, my experiences, they're for me, of course. But they're not for me. They're actually for you. And the same is going to be true of you. Everything you go through is for you, partly. But it's actually for the people you're going to help. And you will come to understand it. And it will free you from the notion of an isolated self. The development of the human ego 
necessary for our development and at the same time a catastrophic event on the planet. But it's one we it's one we can heal. We can heal the problem of the ego. And then the ego becomes this uh, container for helping other people. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.